Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. So happy you decided to join us. Before we jump in today, I'd like, first of all, if you're liking these podcasts, if you like this one or the five-minute basketball coaching podcast or high school hoops or the funnel down defense podcast, if you like any of those, go over and check them out. Leave a five-star review. Um, we love sending them out to the world. It's one of the one of my passions in the world is kind of share this game. Um, but before we jump in, I'd like to give a big shout out to our two sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dish the number one shooting machine on the market. It's easy to set up. It's got great customer service, and they are always on the cutting edge of giving players and coaches what they need. And that's why I love them. They not only give stuff away. If you go over and look at Dr. Dish, is always giving stuff away and sharing with the, with the community. Um, and that's why I want to share them with you. Mention Coach Unplugged, they'll give you $400 off. That's right, $400 off. Also, go over... And check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. It's the one-stop shop for basketball coaches. 14-day free trial. No one else does that. No one else gets the cell phone number and, and the email for the runner. No one else is being run by a high school coach for a high school coach. This is what, what I do. This is what I do. I'm not running this other thing. I'm not a businessman. I'm a high school basketball coach trying to help you become a better basketball coach. And to be honest with you, I've done I've done pretty well in my career, and I'd like to share that with other coaches. So go over and check it out, and let's head off to the podcast. I do. I use like so when I look up a little bit, like I'm looking up, I have like a, a 41 inch screen right above me. So yeah. the laptop is right where my finger is, and then just above it, it's a huge one. So I can see all their faces a little bit better than the little screen. But we'll see. It's not perfect. How was Jake? Jake was was Jake helpful? Oh yeah, I love Jake. He, he's yeah. super nice. Okay. He okay. Knows his stuff and he's fun. He does. He does. He definitely knows his stuff. Um, he has little kids at home. That's why he got out of coaching. So yeah, for, for the time being, at least. Cool. Okay. Um, so yeah, the the main things that I wanted to talk about that I kind of that interests me too is just um, 
just different skill competencies based on like your your age and grade level like um like right now i'm helping with the sixth grade girls team um which I'm grade say that again sixth grade girls okay um just like a travel team um but i'm curious like what from your experience at what um you know what should they be able to do with the basketball at each grade and like what like i have limited practice time so it's like what skills should i hammer like should i keep drilling that they get better and what should i tell them that they should work on um because obviously you could you can go so many different directions and you know i end up i get two hours of practice time a week two one-hour practices and um, i end up spending most of it on an offensive skill over like defensive concepts and stuff like that which is In sixth grade you're doing the right thing <laughs> okay yeah, yeah 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 sixth grade do you have to social distance no not really we walk into the gym with a mask on and then um you know once i'm on the court coaching it's like you can go i mean when i go to these tournaments you walk in with the mask the spectators have masks on but kids don't need masks once they're on the court so it's nice so Okay. Um, just cause it changes if you have to, if you have to social distance. Um, yeah. so sixth grade's a unique one cause they're kind of elementary, but they're not elementary. They're kind of middle school. Yeah. Um, so I think you're doing the, okay. So I think you're doing the right thing. It's definitely at the elementary school level, which is like K through five, a lot of, a lot of dribbling, a lot of dribbling, a lot of dribbling, a lot of dribbling. Um, cause a lot of them aren't strong enough or competent enough to their shots just look you know some of the stuff and even be able to teach them basic defensive things are difficult um you can do it but it just depends on the the the, the spread from a really good fifth grader and a really bad fifth grader is pretty big um so but sixth grade six through eighth is a little bit different in the sense that conceptually you want to start doing stuff so um again ball handling for especially for sixth grade girls, six, seven, eight, ball handling still probably king. Because um, if you can handle the ball, you can basically create in the game. Is right. <laughs> um, so as many fun drills as many different variations of ball handling that you can do is really good at that age. Um, especially if you're only seeing them two hours a week, I would not worry about like a you know, setting up a zone or pressing or anything like that, that that's, the cons that's not what you need. Um, so that's the, the, probably if I'm doing a hierarchy with like a pyramid, the hierarchy would be definitely dribbling would be one and then um, movement and passing would probably be two. And so some people disagree with me on this, um, but the problem in sixth grade and even a sixth grade, sixth grade girl or boy is, um, do you know what size ball they're playing with? Uh, I think it's just under. Is it, like, is it the girl's ball right now or is it smaller than a girl's ball? I think it was like, it didn't like, when I felt it compared to like a. It was probably a 28.5. Could you, yeah. you could probably palm it. Okay, so they're playing with a girl's ball, which is fine, which is still, still probably going to be a little big for them. If a boy is playing with a girl's ball at that age it's a little bit easier to manipulate. Um, so the shot can be a little bit different. So um, that's why I move passing and movements um, ahead of shooting, just because 
they're just really not strong enough and all they i mean you can work on a shot but it's got to be really close um just because otherwise you're going to be teaching them you know they're just not strong enough at this chuck, point. yeah it's a it's the chuck which is fine but um it's not i, I don't why work on a skill that you're going to eventually have to change anyway so um so the passing and the spacing i do a lot of like half court two on two small game stuff with them just trying to teach them how to move how to pass and cut how to keep spacing you know that and as you're teaching spacing you can slowly integrate what a helpline is what on ball is some of the terminology that you think you think is going to be important um, and the fun thing about that at that age is then you can play some games, um, you know, like two and two, three on three kind of things, which is okay. Let, let, and then you, you play like freeze where they have to freeze and then you talk about spacing and that kind of stuff. And the passing can be done a lot in that. Um, and then if I'm doing any sort of shooting, I'm doing it, especially at sixth grade, middle school, middle school and sixth grade, I'm doing it probably eight to 10 feet and in, um, you know, perfect shots, working on their form, all that kind of stuff. The problem is you're trying to basically neutralize the, the, the cruddy stuff they're doing on their own, which is long shots, three pointers, chucking it up there, bad, you know, so you're trying to neutralize that a little bit, at least until they get stronger. Um, but ball, I mean, if I'm breaking up an hour practice, <laughs> I'm 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 guessing at least a third of it is ball handle variations of ball handling, um, layup line. You mean layups? They can obviously shoot layups. Um, you know the scores of these games are probably in the twenties, if I remember right, for sixth grade girls, teens to twenties, right? Um, so and where are most of the shots? You know, once in a while they'll hit a long one, but most of the shots are going to be layups, attacking the rim, those kind of things. So. Um, as you're doing some of the ball handling, you can do some of those things. That's why it's anywhere between a third and a half is that, you know, a dribble, attack, shoot, dribble, attack, you know, a little floater, those kind of things that they can do at that age. And then, um, so that's probably a third to a half. And then uh, the small game, small sided game stuff, which is passing, spacing and stuff is probably another third. Mm -hmm. And then another third is just kind of fun games. Let's play. Let's talk about it. You know, you, sixth grade, you still want to make it entertaining for them um, while still pushing them. So, you know, you can do competitions, that kind of stuff. Um, so I wouldn't worry about conceptually big stuff at, for this, at this age. I really wouldn't. Um, obviously, it's a layer. Um, right. And by, you know, seventh grade, you're doing more. And now all of a sudden, maybe you're adding some of your and again I would talk about defensive stuff I would talk about offensive stuff but I would do it inside the small-sided games and all of those kind of things um just because of the age level they're at and you only see them two hours a week that's the issue is like yeah. are you going to really spend 30 minutes of a two-hour practice on a on your zone or on your you know so if you want to be able to win the games that you're going to then spend five minutes on out of bounds plays five spend five minutes on here's our, our basic offense and spend five minutes on, and then just do that every week. Like mm -hmm. here's our two out of bounds plays. 
do you remember them? And then when you see them again, then in a couple of days, do them again, do them again, do them again, because other teams won't be spending the time on that. They'll be scrimmaging and doing that kind of stuff. That's at least been my observation. Yeah. And then um, one thing that I've noticed is that the girls get like, are like um, panic shooters or like panic, uh, like where they'll, they'll get the ball. They won't necessarily even like look at the rim right away and they'll just chuck it up there. And like, how do you, and you may see this a different depend on someone's experience level, but how do you get them to like have poise when they have the ball? Um, you know, when they, you know, so what I've been telling them is like, Hey, instead of just shooting they're worried about ball, turning it over. Yeah. Yeah. It's my yeah, guess worried about it. You're saying, uh, I mean, my theory at that age is it's, it's a law of large numbers. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 um, it's uh it's theoretical probability versus you know experimental probability in the sense that at that age actually if you throw it at the rim more it has a better chance of going in yeah because a lot of times they probably don't even get a shot something happens and the other team gets the ball especially the younger the late elementary age and probably the early middle school age for girls and boys boys and girls it's like almost just if you're open, shoot it because you're you're not that you you know you might be a twenty two percent field goal percentage shooter, you might be eighteen, but the difference isn't that big. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, I know you're saying the panic thing. I'm not sure. I think I think they're panicking because they think they're going to turn it over. Probably yeah. they're not skilled enough. So it's like it's a hot potato. I better put the ball up, or mom yeah. and dad want me to score or something. And there's yeah. probably a celebration when the ball goes in. Um, so maybe yeah, tell them to attack the rim rather than shoot it. I mean, that's there's what some... I've been telling them. I said, yeah. like, guys, our first look, no matter what we're doing, is attack the rim. Like, because then you get two free throws, and then there's there's luck involved. You throw it up. To, I mean, I could shoot free. I mean, I could shoot free throws blindfold anyway because I've shot so yeah. many. I always do it with my play. I always do it with my players, that's and they're fun. like, "What?" Because I can literally sit here right now. I've shot. I can feel what the distance is. Like I can just. I know what that distance is for a free throw because I've shot so many of them. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I can close my eyes. It's just a matter of whether it's going to go straight or not. Um, so, yeah, so I would I would say that – I think that's good advice is attack the rim. I think that's really good advice. Um, I don't know if I can sh- share my screen. Is you can if I have it turned off. I don't know if I'm in school mode or not. So let me look here. Oops, that's me sharing to you. You don't want that. Participants. Let me look up so I can see it a little bit better here. Oh, security. I'm looking at the wrong spot. Yes, you may. Go ahead. Okay. So this is what this is what I told them to work on um, at home. Um, yeah, just, pivoting's great. If you, if you get footwork down, you'll be That's the one thing I wanted to hammer was like footwork was like because that'll help them with their panicking. I'm like, instead of panicking, just focus, just do a work on your pivot. And like, you, and you, that, so pivoting is a good thing to, to talk about in practice because them learn, let them being able to do that skill set on their own is harder than dribbling. So you might need to take, you might need to chunk out 10 minutes of every practice and say, here, let's work on our pivots. And then you work on their footwork because footwork is a really difficult skill to teach. And it's a really conceptually hard thing for them to learn. And if they get it, it's like learning a dance move. And if you get it wrong, you just keep doing the dance move wrong. Right. So I would keep, I would spend time on that. If that's, that's, if that's in your hierarchy for sure. 
and then um in terms of like the dribbling it's like you see a million different variations of things that you can have them do and so i know you're a big like reverse dribble guy and so i, I don't know if at that age that's important but i've been telling them like to revert to work on reverse dribbles it gets you out of trouble that's the yeah. issue and it's like at this age you want to get them out of trouble as much as possible um I would also thinking as we're talking about this, I would think about when you're doing some of your small side games or stuff like that to teach them not to dribble right away to keep their dribble. Um, Cause I, watch practice, don't say anything and then watch practice and see. But my guess is they catch the ball and they put it on the ground right away and they start dribbling. So they catch it from a teammate and then they dribble. So work on the skill of catch it. And now you got to look around because your dribble is your one of your releases. It's I always refer to it as like a release valve. Um, and picking it back up is another release valve, right? Because I and I and I always tell my guys, you have 13 seconds when you catch the ball before they can call a five-second count, right? You have if you catch it, one, two, three, four, put it on the ground, the count starts over. One, two, three, four. You pick it back up. One, two, three, four, five. So I always, and especially the younger ages, I show them that. I said, everyone knows what a five-second call is, right? Well, if you don't dribble it right away, because if you dribble it, then you got, the only option you have is to pick it up, and then you get four seconds before the five-second call. So if you can teach them to grab it, look around, and explain to them, hey, you got five seconds before you got to do something with it if you're closely guarded, so on and so forth. So I think that's that would be a skill I definitely would work with with them um, is not dribbling. My guess is if I watch practice, they catch it and they put it on the floor right away. That's my guess. Sometimes travel too. Yes, and their feet get happy. And that's where the pivoting, I think, is going to help you a lot. Yes, I agree. Okay. So that's good. And then um... – I'd love to see practice. Do you ever tape practice? Uh, I, I haven't. I've like I've been like um, writing all my practices down in Google Docs, so I have them all saved. My my practice plan. No, but I mean, I'd love to see what we're dealing with. Yeah. Put a, put a camera in the corner and let me watch it at some point. <laughs> it, I mean, there's there's a definitely a like a, a like a variance of between. Like some girls are like competitive and tough and some girls are like ready to cry pretty quickly, you know, and like, you know, at sixth grade. And so it's like a balancing act of like how much I want to push them before they. Yes. Do not be their last basketball coach. That's bad. Be my advice. to you. That's, I mean, that's good. <laughs> because um, at sixth grade, you don't know, even the competitive ones, you don't know which ones are going to be around in six years. Like, I'm going to become a soccer player. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to find yeah. this, you know, whatever it is. Um, so just be aware of that. But yeah, I mean, it, the variation I'm sure is big. I'm sure it's big at that, at that age. Yeah. I might. And then, you know, I think like you're a teacher too. So you understand like differentiated instruction, you know, like you have like, even like coaching high school, you're going to have kids, on your varsity team, your freshman team that, that have different levels of skill for different skills. Your best players can be good at most things. Your athletic players may not be good at as many things. So I'm just wondering like when you're running a practice and you're specifically talking about the skills portion of a practice, like, are you differentiating? I am, but I'm lucky. Cause I got, couple, I got three assistants. Yeah. 
So it's like having three helpers in a classroom. It's easy to differentiate. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I don't necessarily put them in those specific groups, but the groups are small enough that we can differentiate within our groups. Um, yeah, the, the problem with and the difference between me and you is at the high school level, uh, you know, I am doing much more preparation. I'm not, the skill work is before practice and after practice. For me, a lot of it, you know, yeah. we'll get shots and stuff up during practice, but um, my differentiation, my skill work tends to be before or after so I can get in groups of one or two. Like here are my posts. Let's work on these specific skills. Um, just because, you know, it's like, it's like being a P it's like being an undergrad versus a PhD candidate. They just, they need different things. And a high school team needs, you know, I've got two days or a day and I got to get ready to play. So I'm doing less of, you know, I'm not doing 25, 30 minutes of skill development in an hour and a half practice. Um, I'm doing that before or after for the kids that specifically need that skill set or in a slump or that kind of stuff. So you're in a diff different thing. Um, you know, you're only seeing them two hours a week. So um, it's going to be hard to do that. Um, I would try to, I would try to bring up the middle to the top rather than the bottom to the, you know, middle, because you probably can do that easier in the short amount of time that you have. Um, so when you do some of this stuff, some of the, some of the top ones and some of the bottom ones can kind of go off together, which will push the top, bottom ones up. And then I tend to deal with the middle ones. I tend to deal with the C students when I was yeah. doing youth because I can make a C student an A student either faster than I can make a D student a A student kind of thing, right. sure. especially when I have limited time. Um, so when I'm doing that, that's one of the ways that I kind of I tackled it when I was doing youth a lot. Um, and then I worry about those other ones at some point when, you know, hey, we need to get you here. We need you to do this. We need to do this, blah, blah, blah. Um, some of them ended up real being really good players, but it's just that spread is just so big that I can't do much in the 20 minutes I'm working on skill work kind of thing. If that was interesting. Yeah. Cause I, like, I'm looking at it, obviously like uh, I have like the shorter view of like looking at, you know, coaching the sixth grade team, but then also the longer view of like, if I'm, if I'm helping with the high school team and I am just curious. Cause I think like, I, I always just look at basketball. It's a skill sport. So it's like, I think it's like something that, I, as a coach, I would always want to have them do it a little bit every day. Like, yep. you want to have your skills more on the started. skills that they need. So, like before we start practice, I give them stuff that they at a high school level. I give them specific stuff that they need to do in that fifteen minutes, twenty minutes of school's over, yeah. unwinding. You know, blah blah blah. And I group them up. Like, you two need to go work on this, and they'll do that. And then I jump around to the groups as my assistant coaches come from other places because I'm the only one in the building. Um, and then they'll grab a group and they'll do it. Um, yeah, it's different. It's definitely different. I'm, I'm, I'm more prepping for the, I'm high school is more definitely more about prepping for the tests, especially, you know, January when we're in the middle of our season and we're playing three games in a week and you got one day prep and you know, they got homework and they got their girlfriends and you're just trying to, you know, you're doing, you're juggling 16 different things with teenage boys at least. Um, that yeah, skill work, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, it's a stats teacher in me. The amount of, um, the amount of from January to March, how much better of a shooter I can make them is, is small. Um, 
it's more about like golfing where I can keep their touch. You yeah. know, when you're putting, I can keep their touch. Or like maintenance. Um, yeah, I'm maintaining. It's like weight training. I'm maintaining. I'm also keeping the the, the um, mental part and the, and the feel part. Like I was a shooter. So if I didn't shoot for a week, it was like freak that I got the shakes. So I just needed to, it's, it's more of a, it was more of a feel thing. Um, so I'm always, I'm always conscious of that, that, that maintaining and, and feel um, more than, you know, I'm not going to make them strong, that much stronger, that much better of a shooter in, during, season. during the season. I'm going to maintain and more if we're like, oh crap, we're in a slump. I got to get you guys shots, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like, I'm just like super curious just based on your experience and like this, you know, maybe you might need to take time to think about it, but like when you see a kid like walk into high school to where he needs to be when he's on varsity, like if you could like quantify and like um, be specific, like this is the skills I need you to have to play on the varsity level. Like number one, you need to, you know, you need to be able to pivot probably. And, um, but then like you can work with, it's, I mean, the team is a puzzle and you can fit different strengths in. Right. I, you can also become, you can also become like Corver or somebody like that for the buck. You can just become a shooter yeah. too. You can right. become something or a defender. So I don't tend to have those discussions when they're freshmen because they're still kind of like that newborn giraffe thing. Yeah. Um, they're still trying to figure, unless they're really good. If they're really good, they're with me anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I definitely have those discussions you know, the best, definitely the kids on the JV team that are coming to me. It's like, here's the skill set you need. Here's what you need. I mean, I had these with my own son. It's like, I mean, it was, it was with him. It's like, you can go play AAU in the summer or you can play for me someday. Which one do you want to do? Like, and he said, I want to wow. play for you. I go, okay, well, let's, let's skip driving to Iowa on a weekend and playing 12 games, which isn't going to help you. Um, and let's get in the gym and let's get stronger and let's do this and let's do this. And, he was mature enough to do that. That's why he played for me um, yeah. because he got a skill set that, that I could use. He, it's like a bullet and a gun. Like you better give me skill set that I can use. Otherwise you, you know, unless you're really good, if you're one of my top two, two or three players, you're going to play cause you're really good. But if you're four through nine, you better separate. Like you better be the defender or the shooter, or you better give me something. Um, cause very rarely do I have seven, eight guys that can do everything. If I do, then I may be putting a picture on the wall kind of thing. I'm that good. That's kind of what I'm getting at a little bit is like, as we move towards, and I've, I've listened to part of your call with, I think his name's Rick Torbert. Yeah. yeah. And like positionless basketball and like the more guys the read and react like, guy. Yeah. Yeah. And I've been going through your little, you uh, should go, you should listen to the Princeton one on Tuesday. Did you sign up for that one yet? No. Okay, so let me give you the address right now. It's www.teachhoopsprinceton.com. John Wheeler's a friend of mine, and he's doing a three-day Princeton thing, a couple hours a night. It's going to be really good. And so I'm a read and react dribble drive guy, kind of yeah. hybrid. I take a little bit of the dribble drive. I'm like 10% dribble drive, and I'm probably 90% read and react. Yeah. Um, so – my thing is when I don't know something, I try to go learn about it. I don't know much about the Princeton as of about three months ago. I kind of, I knew the chin series cause everyone runs the chin series, but um, so I, I was, did some investigating and that's where I found John and he, it, it's awesome. He's going to give you some stuff too, which is just you know, it's free. It's whatever. It will be really good. Um, 
but go go listen to that but yeah rick is like that positionless movement make players um which is really good in my opinion yes so basically like the what i was getting i mean i watched his like he had a youtube video or whatever mm-hmm. and one thing that that he said that was interesting is like you have reactors and then you have like whatever you know, like the people with the ball if you're without the ball you're like a reactor and he said like you make the decision once you get into the decision zone which he he defined as like inside the the paint with the short corners extended i guess um is that kind of how you saw it is so i love rick i've had rick on my podcast probably seven times love rick the problem is rick thinks the game like no human being thinks the game and definitely a 17 year old boy does not think the game that way oh really Oh, no, 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 no. He's got like 83 layers to his offense. Okay, I'm on like layer one or two. We run like, and, and we're a good, we're a very good high school program. We run like three. Swear to God, three or four. Because th- they'll start wanting to do one thing and then they'll leave this. And I'll send you something. I got to go because I got a nine o'clock. But sure. I'll send you something um, to kind of look at that we've kind of narrowed it. Send me an email and I'll send it to you. We narrowed it down to like, do these five things. Like if you pass here, you do this, you do this, you do this. Because the problem is they'll do the same thing over and over again. And the adding all those layers is such a difficult concept. Again, it becomes a time thing. I got to put out a bounce plays in. I got to put in our defense. I got to put in our offense. I got to figure out when we're going to do skill work. I got to figure out when we're going to watch film. I mean, I can't keep them at school six hours a night. Right. You know, they got, they got an AP bio test tomorrow, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, there's so many things in a high school that are, that are, that differentiate. Um, So I've narrowed it. He is, he is literally transcended offense. I think, you know, he's one of those guys that Rick, they'll talk about 50 years, hundred years from now. Cause I think the read and react is that innovative, but it's so complicated after you get through it. Trust me. It's like, you've got to <laughs> narrow it. That's why I'm going to watch the Princeton stuff because the Princeton, again, is very complex. I'm going to narrow what I can do with my guys. Um, and that, as you coach, you're, that's what you're going to find out. You, all this stuff is great, but you got to like, this is what we can do. This is realistically what we can do. Um, we you can't run that. Stuff. You think you'll run that with your team eventually, the Princeton offense? I think I'm going to take some variations of it. I do. I think I'm going to run some of the Chin series, a variation of it. I like his open post kind of ISO stuff. Um, it's, it's unique. I think the, we do, we do some of the stuff already with the back cuts and the Princeton offense or the read and react. I just, I think John has a very unique way of teaching it. That's what intrigues me. Um, oh, cool. he doesn't do it as necessarily these breakdown drills as a teacher. He does it more of the whole parts rather than the part whole parts. Sure which is, I think, very unique. I'm always looking for innovative ways to teach things because obviously how I taught teach things now and how I taught them 20 years ago is different because the kids, just how they process is different. So that's what I think. I I don't know if that's Wednesday. He's doing a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday this week. And I think it's Wednesdays when he's going to do the X and O's and kind of how to break it down and teach it. Um, But yeah, that's that's what intrigues me the most is that kind of, how do you really break this stuff down? Because I got, the, I got, here's my, here's my time window for me to be able to teach it to them. All right. I send me, I got to go. Cause I got a nine o'clock. 
send me an email and I'll send that off to you this afternoon when I'm done with all these um, calls. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Right, yep. See ya. See ya. Bye. Hey everybody, hope you enjoyed that. If you want to support us, you want to help us get the lights on here at teachups.com, go over, join, 14-day free trial, and then stop the car, subscribe, like, Apple five-star review. That would be good. All right, maybe. Have a good day. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.